<laughs> What's up, God cats? Damn. Yeah, yeah. Some motherfucking dog Hey, everybody. Tyree here with Before I Forget. I'm going to let that run in the, minute, in the background a little bit. All right. It's Tyree with Before I Forget. Here with my homeboy, Mr. Jason King. Say hey, Jason. What's going on, folks? And Mr. Mike Stamper. Say hi, Mike. Yo, yo, Sam Deal Double. Always looking for a little trouble. Right. <laughs> Fucking catchphrases. Well, Who comes on which get with catchphrases immediately? <laughs> if they're out there, I'm going to grab them and I'm going to throw That's them out at you. Mm-hmm. Hey, so me and the wife were sitting down and we were talking and she had a really good question. Y'all ready for this shit? Yeah. Go for it. What took us so long to get back together and start talking again? What was the what was the the hurdle? Thought about that um, randomly, but very often too. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know, man. I, honestly, I've been <clears throat> I've been contemplating that over and over and over and over ever since all this started. Yeah. A little bit after y'all started the podcast, and. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's maturity. Um, maybe the older that we get, or for me, anyways, it's, I mean, I'm kind of speaking for myself. I can't speak for the other guys, but uh, the older I get, the more when I reminisce or I look back on the stuff that we all went through together, uh, the more it, I realize how important and how special that time was because. So like I've said in an earlier podcast, we're, we're, we were so young. I was so young that I apparently was very immature in the way I thought, very selfish. But at the same time, you know, I loved y'all then. I probably wouldn't have said it then uh, because, <laughs> because I was younger and I thought that was kind of, uh, yeah, I'd have kicked you know, you. weird. <laughs> yeah, somebody would have. As but soon now, as you would have said it, somebody would have came over and flicked you in the nuts. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. And I'd probably been like, yeah, I probably deserve that. Yeah, you deserve but now, it. But now, at this time in my life, I mean, it's a, it's a true brotherhood that I realize as I'm maturing. I know a lot of times it don't seem like Stam Dolls maturing, but uh, mentally it it is something that I know that I went through with brothers in arms that would have put down their life for me and anyone else. And not only that, but we went through hardships together mm-hmm. and maybe that's another thing. The older I get the, uh, after the hardships has kind of come through our life, um, in my life up to this point, I realize not to take things for granted anymore. Uh, sometimes I still do and I catch myself and, you know, try to be more appreciative mm-hmm. of things. And I think that may be one of these things is that uh, I just took it for granted and now I don't want to. So reuniting with my brothers and not only that, man, just going back to the personalities that we had and all the good times that we had and all the bad times, the sad times, you know, even though we might have jumped down each other's throats every now and then, we still would have been there for one another. I know that because we were. Mm-hmm. I mean, we couldn't go anywhere for 365 days. I mean, we were right there together all the time. Some of us bunking right beside each other, waking up each morning, every morning, 
for 365 days. And um, to share that, you know, when, when I when I left, when, it's like I said in one of the earlier podcasts, when I left, I mean, I was just, I was tired. Um, it had some psychological things that it played in my mind also, just like it did everybody else's. Mm-hmm. And I was just ready to get out. And uh, I was ready to kind of move on and do something else. But not only that, I mean, I wanted to start a family. And, you know, Sabrina wanted me around. And I knew within the military life that probably wouldn't have happened like she wanted me to, to be there. And because I would have been deployed probably every two years or so. Man, you would have went on that next next one, uh, that 06 one. Bad, yeah. bad, bad. That would have been a bad, that bad one. Yep, yep, and who knows? That may have, you know, been been my time if I would have stayed in. But mm-hmm. you know, when my contract came up, uh, she was just kind of like, "Hey, I want to start a family." I said, "Hey, that sounds great. Me too." And then she was like, "Yeah, there's a catch to it, though. Um, you know, I want you around." And I said, "Well, there's no way that's going to happen with this." I probably regrets that now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure at times she does, mm-hmm. but <laughs> what random dude showing up y'all's house every weekend? Damn, don't you got hey, a deployment to hey, go on? Yeah. Damn, no field problems, shit. Oh no, man, that that's the, that part's great, man. Having you here, no sound. The time that you were here, that was outstanding. The uh, spaghetti was definitely outstanding. <clears throat> and um, then Keen coming over, just you know, kind of out of the blue, there was a little surprise uh, text. Hey, I'm thinking about you know, doing a six and a half, seven hour, uh, travel day over to Belmont, Mississippi, all the way from Texas. And then meet doing the same thing, pretty much being like, Hey, I was thinking about making a road trip. And mm-hmm. it's like I said, last night on that little video, I don't know what's so special about Belmont. I hope it's the company. I thought, <laughs> I hope that's what it is, oh, but I can always, uh, it's the, do um, go ahead. it's the entertainment, man. Watching your drunk videos, man. That's- <laughs> No, but I promise I tell I tell everybody I said, uh, you know, if there's one thing that we can give y'all or a couple things we can give y'all while y'all are here, you know, we'll have that relationship, that friendship, that time with one another. And I know it's going to be good conversations with y'all and uh, just sitting down face to face is different sitting than sitting down here on this Zoom chat or a phone call. And um, then, you know, you'll have a place to stay. Now we will offer the bed, the mattress, but that's up to y'all if you take it. And but we do have the little nuggets that we can put down on the uh, floor. I think as well and that also, you actually offer people your your own bed. We don't care, man. I we, hate, we love y'all. I like y'all. I love y'all so much, but you're not sleeping in my bed. I'll throw you a tent outside. I'll air mattress you up, but you're not going to be bro. sleeping in my bed, dog. I'm sorry. Bro, bro. Like, hey, bro. They were like, Jason, go sleep in the bed. And I looked at their bed. The couch was bigger than their bed. They got like a queen. I was like, dude, I can't fit in that thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is a queen size. We used to have a king size, but that room's too uh, too small. But but yeah, we um, you know, we yeah, we'll share our bed, man. That just shows how much y'all mean to us. And now, of course, we wash the sheets and the and the comforter before. I promise you that. So when gets all that oh. taken care. of. <laughs> Just to give y'all just a little FYI. There I mean, I would hope so. <laughs> yeah, go stay in my bed. I haven't washed it in a week. Yeah, they washed yeah. it, brother. Uh, 
No, yeah, that's gross. But no, we we always say that you'll always have a place to sleep here, and we'll always try to keep your bellies full while you're here. And um, but just having the company and having that time to share um, things that's going on in our lives at that time. I mean, we even share it. It's good for us. You want to talk about therapeutic? I mean, Sabrina and I'll be talking after you know one of y'all left or, or leave, and we're just like, you know, it's good for us because. Um, yeah, there's stuff we can be doing like the night before. I mean, I made some steps, so it didn't have to be a 12, 12 inch step coming down out of the back of the house. I finally built like, like a little platform step mm-hmm. and, um, you know, we got things we can do. There's plenty of stuff here, plenty of projects that I have left to do before we, uh, start building and to move and we're trying to do all that. But, but if somebody wants to come visit and they need that time. Uh, you're more welcome. We'll drop everything right there in a in a split second and start getting everything ready. And then, but like I said, when the time comes when you go home, Sabrina and I realized that we needed it too. You know, we needed that time just to relax and to um, to share maybe what's going on with us or in our own lives individually, and then also to um, sit there and you know help others. We. So like I told me, you know, he said when he got <clears throat> home today, he texted us, made sure we wanted to make sure he made it. Mm-hmm. And um, he just kind of like, hey, had a great time. And thank you all so much for, you know, having me and all this. And we're just like, I was like, hey, man, you know, he said, you know, thanks for so much for listening to me. And I was like, listen, man, truly in a brotherly love, you know, I love you. And I want the best for every one of you. I don't want to see y'all have hard times. I know y'all are going to have hard times. Life is full of those, and there's going to be more in the future, I'm sure. I mean, it'd be nice if there wasn't. But um, where you tried to give, and that's what I told him before he left, I said, I want to try to give you the best advice that I can give you. Now, there's given there's things that I can't give advice on because I'm, I don't, I've never shared that. I don't know really anything about it. I try to put, put it within my own opinion that I think that, that I would do. Mm-hmm. If I was in that situation, but I want to give you all the right advice. And if you need, if need be, I just want to be that ear that y'all, you know, need to talk sometimes. So, yeah, well, I, I appreciate it, man. King, what what do you think about, uh, what was the separation for everyone to communicate? Say that question can you can I get that question and uh refresh <laughs> what do you think took us all so long to get back together and chat? Oh man, you know uh, I want to say just life in general, right uh you first get out, I got out before all of y'all got out, and so I went my way. And it wasn't like we were like, hey, let's communicate, right? Like, hey, here's my number. Y'all keep it because I didn't even know what number I had. I had to get a cell phone when I got home. I didn't have no landline. Uh, here's an email, right? Here's my MySpace. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> you know, whatever it was, right? Here's my Yahoo chat name. Uh, so I just think it was life, right? I got out, then y'all started getting out, and then we got jobs. And, you know, I don't think if you would have said, hey, let's get together, 
about first few years after the military, you would have had a, such a great turnout. Yeah. Because, you know, when we're younger, we get out. It's still fast-paced, right? You're still mm-hmm. probably a year, two years into your job. They're not going to give you, like, a, you know, you might not got the time off, right? Might yeah. not have money, mm-hmm. right? Now that life slowed down for everybody, I'm not going to say it slowed down. A lot of people are still on the go, right? Yeah. But life's come a little bit more easier because we're older. We have the money. We, we're we seasoned in our jobs, right? We've been there for a while. It's Now we can take that time off. And the importance of it, right? You know, if it wasn't yeah. for all getting together on New Year's, we might not have come together. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah. I think it's just a universal thing, right? It's kind of a whole 360. It comes back around and through social media, even though it's a pain in the ass, social media is great to reunite with everybody. Yeah. Right? And you watch all those videos of people seeing each other, like World War II guys or Vietnam guys, seeing each other after 30 years and stuff. And then us at 17 years. Man, that was great. Although nobody was standing around recording when we all came together, right? But yeah, yeah. it's great. We got the memories, right? Just took us a while to get there, and I just call it life. Yeah, I think so. Also, man, I mean, I had was in MySpace and all that crap, and I would <laughs> the same shit. I would give everyone, hey, here's my contact information. Um, you know, hit me up on there, and. As soon as I got back, I stopped using all that stuff altogether. Um, yeah. And at least st- I stopped checking for it. And I got really busy with police stuff. But I still had a Facebook, but I still didn't think about reaching out and looking for army friends. I had I had still had Kevin, but I didn't really have anyone else. Oh, and, and Stamp. No. I had you no. too. But uh, I didn't really have the want or, or want to look for other people and as time moved on i'm seeing more pictures of people and their families and how things are growing and people are starting to look different are starting to look better starting to look different and <laughs> you can it, say it, <laughs> say it that's it people are starting to look fat they're old man hey <laughs> man father time is undefeated Ooh. okay <clears throat> that's right but i mean either way you kind of want to be a part of that because we went through so much as a little group, you know, like nobody else on planet earth can say that they've been through the crap that we've been through together because they can't only we can right. say that. And I, I think I, that if we don't keep up with each other, we're going to start fucking losing that, those memories of shit. Absolutely. And it's going to fucking die off. Nobody's going to yeah. know about, uh, Frederick rolling is fucking, moped down a hill in a different country and <laughs> cutting off half his balls and shit. It's a funny story to us and we were there and we saw it and we can still talk about it and laugh. If not, that's just some shit that fucking got dried up and blowed away in the dust. So this is cool. Yeah. yeah. It just and sucks I, that it took so long. Yeah. And I'll, I'll, I want to add to my opinion to the same thing or my voice to the same thing that y'all are saying. I think it's probably all this that we're talking about. I mean, the life coming back and just life being so hectic, people having 
families, you know, you know, kids or either your job or college or just whatever you were going through at that time. But like also uh, like King and you were saying that the social media has definitely hit. I don't have it. I mean, Sabrina has it and I just kind of uh, bounce around on hers every now and then and stalk hers. But I mean, I don't, you know, I don't say on there a whole, a lot, but I will say that social media definitely helps out the zoom chats. I mean, you were doing a couple of those back in the uh, COVID when COVID hit back in 2020, which was, I thought was awesome. And when I, I that kind of sparked it too, that was a little spark there. Mm-hmm. But um, another thing is, is that, you know, if I was going to give anyone that's a young 21, 22, 23, 24, you know, early twenties, uh, uh, soldier advice is that I would say don't 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 let it happen what we let happen and 16 years go by or 15 years go by and reach out as somewhat of a unit not just individually but you know as a as a group don't let that go by because you know it's something special and I now 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 I regret I'm so glad that we're doing this now and that this has happened. I mean, this is amazing. The thing that happened in June. Yeah. But what I'm saying is that I regret now those 15 years lost with everyone else. Don't regret that shit, man. That's just, (laughs) that allows you to get to where you are now. You look back and you just don't, I I don't care who you are. Don't regret anything. All right. You can, Say like, hey man, maybe I should have done this or I should have reached out. All right. And mm-hmm. I, yeah, reach out a lot more. Reach out. Cause I was wondering the other day, some, me and a guy were talking about the whole Chris Cow thing. And somebody asked my opinion of him. And, you know, I don't have a high opinion of him. But uh, I was reading it, <clears throat> something and the guy who shot Chad and Chris in the back of the truck. You know, he said he killed him because nobody was talking to him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I wonder how many guys who have served in combat that have taken their own life had the brothers so close to them like we have come in the last three months, four months. How many of those guys that have taken their life had that brotherhood you know, that bond that we're now bringing back together, mm. right? Because I wonder if they would have that bond, right? If they would still stay connected through social media or not hide because, you know, they fear of the problems they're going through or stuff like that. Because, you know, I'm not going to say nobody cares that, you know, there may be some people that are going to poke fun at you of what, difficulties you're going through but if they're truly your brother they're not going to care that you're struggling in life oh yeah yeah so i wonder if those guys had the bond that us three have or kevin all of us that saw each other in june that we have come to have again would they still be here yeah good thought that is a good thought man you wonder that right because Mm -hmm. how many how many people are still out there that we haven't communicated with or that didn't want to show up in June because of something? Uh, right? Yeah. Yeah. Why why spend so long, right? Why and I don't have the words for it, but uh 
Yeah. Man, get rid of your pride, right? Suck it up, whatever you're going through, and reach out. That ego. Us. Yeah, that oh, ego. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Kevin's, <laughs> Kevin, Kevin spoke about that in the show one time. He had an entire uh, solo show, folks, if you're listening. And uh, you can hear Kevin's talk about ego. Well, go ahead, King. That's right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's that thing, right? It's that. Just reach out, man. I don't know who it is, right? I know we served with a lot of people who couldn't make it or that we forgot to invite, right? Or that we invited and they just forgot when it was mm-hmm. or they just can't get to it because something else is going on in their life. But, you know, I get that you got, that most people are married and that significant other, your spouse, your best friend, Right. But don't forget about the people you served with, right? We know what you went through. Unless your wife was there during the military time, even if they were, they truly don't know what you went through downrange, right, that we served with, right? And this goes out there for other people who served with other guys. I mean, all they're getting is is like a a half-assed story that you're going to tell about how you're like some (laughs) super brave Freaking combat killer, and really, you're like the, the guy Rambo. in the back. Yeah, you're oh, the guy yeah, in the no back. Oh, yeah, no shit, right? Yeah. Yeah. They can make a movie out of you like they did Chris Kyle. Oh, Lord. I don't want the movies about me. I, I <laughs> would produce some movies, but I don't I don't think I would like to uh, to star in no, the movies. No, I'm just saying that that's, that's what happened, right? It's yeah. just, I know so many people, and, you know, we were we were there for his bullcrap, and I, in there, and. The movie just portrays it, and the book just, you know, makes people to be better than what they were, right? Mm-hmm. And how many other effing soldiers died in a tragic death in a civilian world, right? And mm-hmm. over 70,000 people show up to the funeral. Not too many. Not too many. You're right about that. Right? Why, did, why was that person so special when... The people who were downrange knows knows exactly what he did and knows the movie's bullshit. So I don't know, but enough about him. No, talk about it, man. How do you really feel about it? I'm not a fan of him, man. I mean, but he's he, he he's Texas as hell, man. I thought that was a uh, that was like Texas all day. Nah, man. I think he's true. Right. You know, you could be a Texas person, right? And you can be a great guy. And even people we served with, we can serve with each other and you can, and you can be a great guy. Doesn't mean that you can't be a dumbass at the same time. Doesn't mean you can't be, you know, making mistakes. There's other things out there, man. And I just, I wasn't there in the truck when that guy killed him. I don't know, but I knew him personally. We hung out at the same bar. All right. That's I know different. The girls. So I know stories, and I'm just not a fan of the guy. So, yeah, I don't really know the guy. I mean, I never knew the guy, man. Um, I could just go off the, basically the book or the, well, or the he movie. Far when we were there. Yeah, I, I, I'm not. I didn't know which ones. You know, I didn't know who they were. I knew at first they were kind of clumsy. Uh, that unit, and it was kind of fun to cool right. to see them. You remember? Y'all remember, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like they were tripping over each other's. Yeah, he wasn't kicking in no doors. Right? He wasn't going in the <laughs> building to building, man. You're no. sitting 200 yards away, hitting people from a distance. All right. It was. It was. Yeah, it was cool to see them come together, though. I mean, they did get better. 
uh, over time. Yeah, and my, um, my, my thing, it, and I didn't want to get on topic on him. My thing was just the whole, what took us so long, and then I started thinking. I remembered that story about the guy who killed Chad and Chris, and it was like he said, because nobody talked to him. Yeah. What if hmm. he had all the guys he served with, right? And they were still close together, right? And maybe yeah. it takes time, you know, for it to happen, mm-hmm. right? And you know my thing about never giving up and fighting, continue fighting. It's just that's where I wanted to go and kind of kind of toss that idea out there. None of us will be able to answer it, right? Just what if they would have had their brothers? with them like we are right yeah everybody who listens to our podcast that we went to dustin with and jim mm-hmm. we can reach out to right you can reach out to sizemore who just had a father you know baby oh yeah congratulations Man, robin yeah. sizemore yeah. good job oh, hopefully that's right like, like is, is good job the right thing to say <laughs> Like you did. Yeah, good job, man. I mean, right. there's a lot of effort. There's a lot of effort put into that. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of what effort in childbirth, do, but I mean, like when they're born, it's like thumbs up, <laughs> what do, right? It's like a Mentos commercial. Gave her a high. He gave her a high five. He gave her a high five, and then smacking the yeah. button, and he went out and got a Gatorade. Yeah. I never, I never know the right shit to say to folks with that kind of thing. So I'm like, I don't, I don't know, man. It's like. I know when my friend's wife had a baby, he's like, dude, in the next so many weeks when she's able to drink, I'm taking her and getting getting her jacked up. Oh, yeah. Because that's all she cared about was she bitched about, I can't drink, I can't do this. And he's like, dude, I just want to take her and get her drunk so she can be happy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Not a beautiful things. baby boy, man. Beautiful baby, baby boy from the pictures I saw. So yeah, yeah. congratulations, oh, like thirty pounds. He <laughs> was a, a big baby. He was yeah. a big baby. He came out with the child support. That may be a linebacker one day. He was in there Never for know. a minute, man. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, back to our show. One hundred percent, man. I think that a lot of those suicides, because you know, twenty-two. A big number they're always trying to shave down that I heard it's 20 too. now. Is 20 now? Yeah, you know, 20 still too many, but I heard something on the way home this morning uh, where God was talking about 20 a day. And I thought, well, that average, you know, helps out a little. Yeah. Anything Doing helps, something. right? 20 a day of what? Suicides. Suicides by veterans. He was saying that in the next few wars that we have, more people will die from suicides than in combat. So if you think of Iraq and Afghanistan, all the people we lost in combat, he was saying there will be more suicide deaths in the future from the guys who served in those than that actually died in combat. Oh, yeah. Mm. <clears throat> Man. I believe That's it. It's real. Yeah, it's crazy. But what's the answer, right? There's no answer on that. Just reach out, right? Talk to each other. I don't I don't know what the guys do, right? Just get the word out there, I guess. Yeah, just like you said, just keep on trying. Uh, do the best you can. Uh, you can come up with multiple um, types of interventions 
you know, to help with that situation. But you're dealing with a lot of different personalities. You're dealing with a lot of different mental deficits that each one are going through. And they're all, they could all be different. Some of them similar, <clears throat> but at the same time, um, I don't know, man, that's, that's tough. I'd, I'd have to yeah. sit down and think about that for a while. Y'all ever had, y'all ever had a, a fellow soldier or anybody reach out to you who thought, you know, who was thinking about suicide? Never. Yeah, yeah I have. I was in the have. reserves for a minute, you know, and that happened. I was, uh, was it team leader? Or it was, I don't even think it was even, that was even the case. I think it was just somebody who needed some help. Yeah. And they uh, hit me up. Was it just one time from that individual? Yeah, just one time, man. That's all he needed, I guess. Man, I had this one guy hit me up like 20 times mm. about suicide. And I'm probably not the best person to reach out to when it comes to that. Because, you know, the first 20 times, I'm sympath. But the last time I was like, dude, I'm tired of you calling me and threatening me. Or threatening, saying that you're going to take your life. You know, finally I just hung up on him. Because mm. I, I, I don't know what to tell him anymore. Right? I didn't, yeah. You can only tell somebody so much, so many times. I just, I didn't know what to do anymore. Yeah. Sounds like he was stuck there. He was stuck. Was <laughs> there anybody that he could have spoken to other than you? Or was it like, it's got to be you? Uh, and tons of people, man. He was going through a veterans court treatment program. Mm -hmm. Tons of people. But he was trying to reach out to me. And I think because uh, I always went out and about and enjoyed having beer and, you know, women and dancing and having a good time. And he did too, but he enjoyed other party factors. And it was just... He kept making the same mistakes over and over, and he wasn't listening to people that gave him advice, right? Remember what yeah. we talked about before? Sometimes you've got to stop, let that light bulb go off in your head, have that aha moment, and start listening to the people who've been there and done it before. Mm -hmm. So you don't go down the same mistakes they make. But I don't know, man. I, I'm here for anybody who wants to reach out. But if you constantly abuse the the privilege and don't take the advice, then you're just it's a broken record. And I don't I don't I, I guess I just got fed up because it was he called me one time at like four in the morning and that was the last phone call. And <clears throat> I just hung yeah. up. I was like, then I'm done. Mm -hmm. I, I understand. Um, you know, when we were younger. And we came out of Iraq from that deployment. I remember like we had to go through, I don't know how many days it was. <clears throat> it could have been like three or four day type of um, briefings. Yeah, it's just kind of yeah. like uh, trying to trying to get you back into the civilian life. And anyway, um, you know, there were those questionnaires that they would give us. Mm -hmm. And here, here's who I was at that time. Um, mentally, you know. Uh, very young, early twenties, and <laughs> but uh, you know we're sitting there doing the questionnaires, and of course I'm like looking at the questions. I'm like, what, dude? You know, I'm this, you know, this. I don't know why. Anyway, went ahead and filled it out, and I was like, no, no issues there on that. And then uh, they were like, hey, if you had uh, questions like two, five, and six, if you answered yes or 
or if your answer was different than no or something like that, mm -hmm. um, could you, you know, come to the, it was like a curtain that you went through. Shotgun and shoot that bird. Do what? Shoot that bird, dude. Sounds oh, like it is. man. Is it too loud? Yeah, I don't know what's going on with that thing. But anyway, yeah. There's a bunch it of sounds loud um, as hell. It sounds like the jungle out there, man. No <laughs> shit, man. It's knob. Well, that's where I am. I, I'm in the bush, baby. You're in the middle you know, of the shit, know. man. That's right. I'm fixing the camo up right now. <laughs> no, but... Uh, <laughs> hey, you but, pull out your camo stick and start camoing up. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, but no, man. Uh, you know, one of even my... I'm not going to mention you know names, but even one of my team members... Um, or soldiers, you know, stood up and walked behind that curtain, and and I was just I looked over at Sergeant Humphrey, which was our squad leader, you know, at that time, and I was just kind of like, you know, piece of junk, you know, why, why? I mean, and I meant it in a good way of saying like, why didn't he come to me? And mm -hmm. then now that I look back, and I'm I'm at this age now, and I'm looking back, I would have, I think I would have been more like as I am now, <clears throat> been like. You know, I wish he would have came and talked to me and me not be mad at him. But at the same time, you know, I didn't know what was going on. And, and the reason maybe he didn't come and talk to me at that time is because of the way I was, and you know, who I was in my young 20s, that he probably thought, you know, Stamper don't give a flip anyway. He's not going to listen. He's going to get mad at me or he, something like that. And I'm not, I mean, I don't know if I would have. But now here maturing as I get older, I may have, you know, handled that situation different. Now, King, I have had uh, I have had a phone phone call. It's been years and years ago, but had an old buddy. You know, he would call me, and uh, he would uh, every time if it was like, and I was I was still at work sometimes at eight thirty at night or eight o'clock. You know, eight eight thirty nine o'clock sometimes, and uh, I get that phone call, and you know, I'd step out. I just tell everybody, you know, if I was around anyone, I had I'd say, hey, I got to step out, mm -hmm. and I would answer that call, and. Um, it would, it would be repetitive and in really bad shape. And I was like, you King, I really didn't know what to do. I mean, I gave him my advice for the first couple of times and said, you know, this is okay. But then after that, I just didn't know what to say or do. And maybe I should have reached out to someone else and been like, Hey guys, um, I got one that's got some, got some stuff going on. Do y'all have anybody you recommend that he could call? Yeah. Or, I was gonna so, say because who are who are who are you to say hey, um, you know the shit that you're going through. Uh, my solution for your problem is, is right, and if you don't take my yeah. solution, then you know you can fuck off. That's not what we're saying at all. Because, right. Yeah, what we're saying is like there's there's a lot of times where there's it's it's almost like abuse of the system, like. Maybe you really just want somebody to talk to. So you can call me and talk if you want, but you don't have to call me and be like, I'm suicidal. You know? Yeah. You yeah. know, should I call a doctor? I mean, uh, the somebody to come pick you up at, at that point, you know? Yeah. Because that's what you should really be thinking, I think, is, is not like, man, this is the 20th time. Like, all right, maybe try to get this fool talked to by somebody. I don't mean fool by that, you know, God. but... I mean, like, somebody come talk to this dude so, you know, well, we can I get did. him evaluated so I'm not, you know, so we're not I spinning our wheels. The, I did tell the right people to, um, you know, what was going on because every time he called, I have to tell mm -hmm. uh, my boss 
right? Well, he wasn't my boss, but I had to go to the judge and say, hey, this is kind of what's going on. You know, I'm afraid that it could lead to a different step, right? Because when you start talking, when you're in this veterans court treatment program, you got to follow steps, right? And as a mentor, he can come to me anytime he wants and talk to me about things. But if his life's in danger or other lives are in danger, I have an obligation to report that. Yeah. Right. So they can get the best help for them. And I'm not a guidance counselor. I'm not a grief counselor. You know, I can just tell you what works for me and what I've done that makes people think that I look successful in my anxiety or my depression. And hey, it still hits me every once in a while. Mm -hmm. So luckily, after about the 20 time, you know, I like to call it, you know, cry wolf. Right. But the 21st time it could be for real. Yeah. Right. So I don't, I don't really know. You try to listen as much as possible and without voicing opinions or what they need to go do or stuff like that. But, Mm -hmm. you know, once you give it, once you tell the judge what's going on, he puts the right people in place and then he kind of forces him because he can't graduate the program unless he goes through certain classes so he can force them to do certain things and, um, you know, hopefully, you know, he didn't make, he didn't pass the program. He ended up, uh, going to jail for a while, but, uh, maybe that's what he needed also. Yeah. You know, yeah. You make the hit rock bottom and kind of work out your demons. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah. my question is stamper on yours. Cause you had two things, right? Yeah. You talked about the test, right? And I'm not going to say it's a test, right? Whatever paper they give you to fill out. Did you really take that serious? Because I didn't take that serious at all. I just, I wanted to get out of this office as fast as possible. <laughs> like, what was this, what, what was this Lieutenant Colonel going to tell me about combat since he's been sitting back in Schweinfurt or Versburg the whole time? Yeah. No, I was, <clears throat> I was fine, man. I mean, took it serious. But, I mean, I know I didn't take it. I mean, not really. I was just like you. I just wanted to go ahead and get that done and move on because I mean, I knew I was, you know, I knew I was probably going to be ETSing, mm-hmm. and um, I just knew that we had things that we needed to get done and get the move on. Even though I had a, a, a little while, because I was, I was. Let's see, we came back in February, so you know, I ETS. August, but I came home in May because I had that much leave built up that I did not take when everybody else took it. And, you know, we were trying to, huh? We came back February, late February, early February or middle, somewhere in February. We'll just call it February. Came back February. And you left in May. Yeah, I like I left Germany in May and came back here like the end of May because I had like two months, man, or a little bit over to find a job and just kind of get our household goods come in, come to our house and get all you know the house situated. I guess the best you we left could. before me. I didn't realize you left in May. Yeah, it was like end of May, I believe. Uh, Sabrina and I came back, and that you know that part was over. But yeah, we um, I was just wanting to uh, kind of get out of there like you. And 
I just didn't feel like I had an issue. And me and you kind of went over that when you came came over King yeah. that weekend. And um, I just didn't. I haven't never felt that I've had an issue. But then there were times uh, shortly after we returned here that Sabrina might tell you that was different because um, if I'm getting up in my boxers and doing a patrol around the house and uh, with a with a nine mil at two o'clock in the morning for a solid two months straight, <laughs> just because I hear I thought I heard something or I get spooked by uh, certain sounds, um, maybe being surprised kind of spooked me if I didn't think I was uh, alert enough to know what was going on with my surroundings. Yeah, then that um, pissed you off because you know that, shit, somebody could have got me and I wasn't paying attention. Mm-hmm. Oh, exactly. I mean, that's what was going through my my mind. And then, uh, you know, I broke three lamps while I was here. Uh, Sabrina finally, uh, she finally wouldn't let me have a lamp on my nightstand anymore because I broke three of her favorites and uh, by either swinging or something. I mean, they were throwing, that was the middle of my sleep and everything. Uh, I finally graduated though. Uh, I've got a, I've got a uh, lamp now on my nightstand and I uh, I really enjoy it. (laughs) You've got one of those having it there. Footballs and baseballs and (laughs) (laughs) yeah, exactly. But no, man, that's the stuff But you know, the stuff I'm talking about that was psychological in a sense that I don't know if he had, if it was a question about him having some bad thoughts. And that's why at that age, at that young of age, that's the reason I was mad. I was like, if he's having certain thoughts, man, and we're, over, I need to know about it because well, I, I don't want to be around I, it. That know? leads to my second question, man. Oh man. Uh, have you reached out? to that person since then and just how's everything going no no i haven't um i guess you know probably could but i don't know maybe there's maybe not a want to there uh maybe i should but yeah i mean that's a pretty good question maybe i should maybe i should look them up and here's my here's my thing and brown i want to ask you the same question about the paperwork because i'm sure because you went through the same thing we went through with that paperwork, and then I'm sure you did something in general with the police department. But and why? And this question for both of y'all: uh, Why? Why do you think uh, I don't have any hostility toward anybody I served with? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. I'd yeah. have bumped heads down the line. I'm sure me and Brown bumped heads. Me and Stanford bumped heads, you know, me and Matt Wohler, you know, we went to, to blows in, in the tow room, but (laughs) I have, I don't have any hostility toward anybody. Right. Mm -hmm. To me, we are young. Things get said. Even today, me and my close, my best friend, we've said things to each other, but yet we're still best friends. So to me, how come you haven't reached out or how come there's still hostility? Cause it sounds like, I don't say there's hostility there, but it sounds like you don't really care to. And there happened, no. something happened. And to me, it why aren't you over it? And I know Brown has a difference of opinion with somebody. And to me, it's just, you know, what, what's it got to take to, to move past yeah. that? 
Well, we've had, well, I mean, even, even here, you know, where we live now or, you know, um, the people that we've been around, I would, you know, I'll even say family. I'll even say, um, church members, you know, stuff like that, that we have went through things in the past and you're just, you kind of, you kind of find out who they really are and it disappoints you. It, um, can make you angry and it saddens you and the way we deal with those is that we will say we love you uh we'll try to be here for for you but at the same time we're going to do all that at a at a distance Mm -hmm. you know we're not going to be right up in your kool-aid and because first of all first of all do what those people didn't serve with you yeah, yeah, and that may be the same way with this individual. I mean, I, I love him. If he needed me, if he ever needed, if anybody ever needed me, man, I'm like you. I don't, I don't have a real hostile uh, personality. Um, it takes a lot to kind of get under my skin. Um, but at the same time, I would help anybody out if they needed it. But is it going to be one of those relationships where I'm going to reach out on a weekly or monthly basis? Probably not, um, unless there's something a need there that I would. I need to do that. But other than that, um, you know, I just love them from a distance and yeah. just bygones be bygones and go your separate path. But you can be cordial with them. If he, if they came, yeah. if he came to a function, cause we don't want to say they can't come to a function. We want to no. ever be there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If he'd have walked up in, uh, at the beach house, um, in June, there wouldn't have been nothing but love for me. I mean, I would have get up, went over there and gave him a big hug. You know, hey, good to have you here. Does that mean I was going to sit down and talk to him for three hours? Maybe I not. But double rotor with the guy. But yeah, I got you. What I, what I felt about whole, that whole thing was, uh, I think maybe even since then I maybe matured a little bit because you know um, people do wild shit in the past and you can't do shit about that there's nothing you can do about what happened 20 seconds ago it happened yeah 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 um yeah you can either you know accept that or not if you don't accept that then you know that's on you that's your prerogative and that's kind of what i was on with that my whole feeling about that like i don't have to accept that i don't have to be around that person so that person should go the fuck away and I don't want to be around it. But thinking about it more now, like that person was going through something. Yeah. Um, you know, like there you said, you like it would have been great to help them out if they would have said something, but they didn't say nothing. So what can I do? You know, not, yeah. not, right? you, yeah. you can't help people who don't want to be helped. Yeah. Right. And That's... it's okay to have grudges with people. I wouldn't say grudges. It's okay to have, We'll say beef, right? It's okay to have a beef with someone, just as long as your beef doesn't affect other people's relationships with that individual. Yeah, yeah. That's yours and their beef, mm-hmm. right? That person may be well liked by everybody else. Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know who. You know, I'm sure we all have beef with some people, but then there's some people where I look back and I'm like. Damn, everybody got along with this person, but they just, like, disappeared. Like, yeah. what happened Like, how come they don't want to be a part of it? And I want to reach out to them and be like, 
hey man what's going on like how come you don't reach out as much right or how come we haven't heard from you or or what's going on because a lot of those people that we serve with that we never talked to y'all may talk to them but i don't and we brought them up at the june thing about how come they're not here or what have they been doing has anybody heard from them? and it's like you want to ask those questions man like hey what's going on man like yeah <laughs> did you forget about us or is it just because like you look at sergeant major sims right command sergeant major sims he was our first sergeant in combat but that dude has led so many soldiers that he's probably got tons of memories with all these different soldiers right mm -hmm. just like sergeant major absher you know gill sergeant major gill all these guys who are still in they got tons of memories with all these people our memories my memories i can't say for y'all my memories are with y'all because you're the only unit i ever served with you're the only brothers that i went to combat with mm -hmm. right i didn't go to combat like two tours or anything like that i went to that badass combat tour in kosovo <laughs> and then we went to that peacekeeper. Oh, you can eat buffet. Yeah, mm -hmm. right. Legendary Kosovo mission. Yeah, yeah right. so it's one of those things, man. I'd like to, I'd like to know, you know, from these guys, right? And you know, it, and it. I'm most of mounted guys, right? Mm -hmm. Like I'd like to hear from Bush, Ferris, Golf, Smith. You know, I already talked to old Yellow Dog, right? Oh I yeah. Feel like hear from our old platoon sergeants like Swaney and Rush and everybody, right? Baggett, mm -hmm. of course. Dude, he's legendary, but yes, you know, so many people I'd like to reach out to and be like, hey, man, how come you don't reach out anymore? Right? Like, shoot nasty, right? Like, just, mm. y'all are you're welcome, even though shoot didn't go to combat. Some of these guys didn't go to combat. It's just like, the ones that did go to combat why weren't y'all there, right? Why don't you? Why aren't you part of the group? You know, I get you're probably grandparents and <laughs> you know, got your own life going on. Mezzan and stuff. stuff. Yeah, but, yes. and that's the ones that scare me, man. That that's the ones that if I see on Sabrina's social media like a post by these individuals, where I'm just kind of like, oh man, I miss that guy. I mean, I really wish he would reach out or be a part of it. Or, 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 you know, and it's not up to me for, to make them put forth the effort, but at the same time, those are the ones that scare me are the ones that's putting on that outside um, happy face. Um, I, let's use a reference of, um, oh, what's the one? Uh, Robin Williams, the, uh, the great right. actor, the funny actor, man. Uh, Patch Adams and all these great... He made he, Here he is making people laugh on the outside, and, and the man was hurting on the inside, apparently for what he did on, on the um, committing suicide. <clears throat> and there's other individuals like that. That's the ones that scared me that put on that happy face and you don't really know what's going on down. Now, there may have been people around him that were closer that understood it and was trying. But as far as like as a public appearance, and that's the same way with social media, if they're sitting there and they're hurting, I don't want them to miss an opportunity that of something that might could have helped would it have helped i don't know it may not have this may not have helped everybody it may not be for everybody but i don't want people to miss out on the opportunity going back to regrets you know i don't want people to be 50 year old 
down the road and look back and say, mm, man, I should have done that. I mean, I should have reached that, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's all I'm, that's all I'm saying. I mean, it's not something that's kind of like no sound says, I'm not going to sit there and just keep pulling on you, keep pulling on you, keep pulling on you. I mean, I will put forth effort if that's what it takes, but I'm not going to get sit there and put you in a situation that you don't want to be in and make everybody else around you miserable there you go. or make everybody else around you uh, comment or think in their mind, Have I, did I do something? Do they not like me enough? Did I say something? You know, I'm, I don't, you know, if that's the case, then, yeah, maybe it's better off because, um, and I hate that, man, because I like you, King. I'd love to see everybody. I mean, I'm hoping uh, here pretty soon. I know Rob couldn't make it to the last one. But uh, we've been communicating, and if everything works out all right, I think he may be uh, kicking up pretty soon with us. So um, I'd love to see that guy. You know, Absher was hilarious. Yeah. And I'd love to meet his wife. They seem hilarious together now. Um, and because of their posts and everything, they keep Sabrina uh, laughing on all the sarcastic um, social media things they put on with one another and they seem like they're, you know, doing good. So people like that, you know, like the ones that you, like the names that you've mentioned, um, that's just several. I mean, we're not going to sit here and say, you can't come, you don't need to be here. But at the same time, we don't want it to make everybody else miserable around that's around them. You know, we're here, the whole trip. If you got to be for somebody that's between you and that person, they have to suck it up. I'm I'm, try, I'm I'm on that page now. Like uh, over 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 that little bit of time, I'm like I can say like uh, if that if people were to show up that I had issues with, like let's talk about it. All right, cool. Let's squash it or whatever, and, and we'll move on. A lot of that stuff, like really, it's none of my fucking business what the fucking beef was or or what what. They do yeah. to go yeah, through. It's what? like do you even remember it now, right? Yeah. So exactly. Like, and you know, a lot of time passed and all that kind of shit. It's not my business. Fuck the bullshit. It's cool to hang out and chit chat. Yes. Um, uh, Jason, you said something before, and I wanted to get back to it before I forgot because my memory is gone. Um, you said that if you were in that tent and and you went and spoke to that doctor, what would they know about combat? You, out of the group of us, us three here, are you're special because you were actually wounded. Tell us a yeah. little bit about what happened that particular day, because we we never really got into that uh, as in depth as as you can right now if you wanted to. Um, uh, I remember uh, what I was uh, doing when how, that happened. How I was doing? Yeah, the whole thing from from start to finish. Well, first of all, I was pissed that day. Uh, my squad was going out on a mission. Everybody was going out on a mission, but it was my turn to stay back and do PMCS on the Bradleys. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm not even freaking mounted. Like, <laughs> what the hell am I doing? <laughs> right? But I'm the NCO, right? I got to sit back and be like, yeah, we're going to do this. So it was me, Bozil. Snyder and Strange. Strange, the only motherfucker who was mounted. Yeah. Right? 
<laughs> the other two guys didn't know diddly squat about the Bradley, so it was just me and Strand out there. We were the ones that knew. Mm-hmm. Bobo Zill and Snyder were up on the roof doing like security or something, right? It was our downtime or so I can't remember. They were just relaxed. Anyway, everybody's out, and here come Command Sergeant Major McCarthy pulling up on in. And we're outside and Strand and the mechanics are all over there doing uh, the prep, right? They got the little bitty hood open to the Bradley, you know. I got Strand checking for soft spots and getting some mechanics <laughs> doing some exhaust exam, you know, samples to be on the safe side. And they, they knew right. what was going on, but, you know, as the NCO, you make them do it anyway. And, uh, you know, for my humor. And mm-hmm. so here comes Command Sergeant Major McCarthy and he walks over and, you know, I'm sitting there, at, you know, prayed rest talking to him. And I'm like, Sergeant Major, every time you show up, man, we get into some action. I'm glad you're here, but <laughs> we're in the fob. Nothing's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And here comes some mortar rounds land on top of us. And I'm not talking about like, you know, 15, 20 yards. I'm talking like five feet from us. Mm. All right. I don't know the size of them, right? I didn't stop to see, hey, let me slow. I don't know how big they were. They were just effing mortar rounds, and all you heard was the thump and then the explosion. And one of the mechanics got wounded, and he was like five feet from me when he got wounded. He got hit in the stomach, the thighs, uh, close to the growing area. Mm. Like, he got jacked up. Mm. And I was helping him, and there were some other guys helping him. And then I saw Strand get hit, and some more came down. And about that time, man, I was jumping under the Bradley to take cover because I didn't know how many were coming because everybody else was already inside the building, right? They got everybody to cover. Mm-hmm. So it stopped. I ran into cover. Man, you can see everybody like taking care of Strand, taking care of the mechanic. And, dude, I forget the mechanic's name, but he was a cool cat. Nightline News did a a story about him. And uh, I was actually on Nightline News uh, because I came into the hospital. I was always all doped up, looking like a freaking drug addict in the hospital, like face all smiling from ear to ear. I just looked funny as hell. But, uh, so here I am. Here I yeah, am. Right Did you Google it? Up, like, <laughs> arm, has- like I am now, arm behind my head. <laughs> and just, chilling, just like <laughs> smile, like, hey. <laughs> Stepping right? down the hallway with your uh, gown halfway tied. <laughs> what gown, man? I'm just walking down butt neck, dude. <laughs> Wayne, right? Mm-hmm. It's the way up. we do it. So, anyway, uh, <laughs> Everybody's in the room, and I'm talking. Everybody's in there. Uh, Captain Rockefeller's in there. First Sergeant Sims is in there. Baggett comes running back. Everybody comes back when they heard that we were hit, and uh, and everyone's taking care of Strain and the mechanic. And here I come in. I'm just sitting down. No big deal. And somebody said I was bleeding. You know, I said something stupid like I ain't got time to bleed. <laughs> <laughs> They cut my pants open, or Doc Skilling cut my pants open. I think somebody did, 
and I saw I was bleeding from my knee. And I was like, I'm going home, bitches. I'm going home. I knew I was going home. And, you know, we waited forever for the the medics to come and pick us up. Because they had to come from the the FOB, right, to downtown Samar. And then, you know, they load you into the back of a medic, Bradley, and take you off. And I was more nervous about them crashing. Than I was about mm. getting hit or getting shot at or anything like that because a medic's driving. Like, what do they know about <laughs> driving through the city and taking pop fires, right? Because yeah. these aren't our combat medics. These guys are actual, like, hey, we're going to transport you, like transport medics. I don't know what you call it. But they take care of me. And next thing you know, man, they're cutting my pants off and I've got my hand around my growing and. You know, uh, I'm just sitting there. Then next thing you know, man, a chopper comes, picks us up, takes us back to the big base. And, you know, you do that combat landing and combat takeoff with that chopper. You go from there and they put you in a room and they make you, you know, you're doing surgery, right? And then they make you breathe in this tube. And if you can breathe in this tube, they put you on a flight. And, man, you get on this flight, they walk you out to the C-130, and they strap you in the gurney. And uh, I'm the only one on the damn flight. A C-130 is <laughs> so big, dude, I'm the only one in the back of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I look like the damn mummy movie that uh, freaking uh, Tom Cruise was in. Like, I'm in strapped down to the chair, and I'm the only one on there. Mm-hmm. Cold as hell, dude. That C-130 is cold in the back of that. And you do that combat takeoff again, which freaking takes your nuts to your throat. <laughs> and, uh, man, they take you back to Launchstool, Germany. They go into the... I went into the room. As I'm in the room, doctors, you know, everybody's coming to you. Like I'm like... It's almost like it's an ER. Right, everybody rushes to you, and I'm like, dude, I got a shrapnel to my knee. That's it. Mm-hmm. So doctor comes in, the shrapnel's removed. Doctor's starting to cauterize my uh, blood vessels, everything. I'm screaming like a girl, dude. I'm like, doc, man, this shit hurts. He's like, oh, no, 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 that, that medicine, the painkillers <clears throat> kick in, it'll numb. What are you talking about? Nobody's been the in fuck? Morning. He's cauterized <laughs> my leg. Oh my, my god. Leg. And no one gave me shots to numb the area. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, man. So you're sitting here saying, you're burning my leg and I can feel it, and it hurts. And he's like, no, you can't. (laughs) No, you can't. Think about it. He's like, I already started. It's too late now. Fuck. I'm like, shit. Oh, man. You know, you can smell it. Ugh. I would have passed yeah. You know, it's like putting, burning your hair on your arm, right? Throwing hairspray on it, lighting it on fire. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can smell it and you can feel it. it it's painful, but not too painful. Yeah. And so I'm sitting there and they drug you up for like the next three days. And what they don't tell, like, the Sergeant Ott called my mom. And was like, hey, I just want to let you know your son was injured in combat. And, you know, my mom's like, oh, my baby boy. And 
you know. There, there's and there's King in his uh, hospital gown I'm with a big smile. Up, right, six foot four. I ain't no baby. <laughs> All right, and so Sergeant Ott says, "Don't worry. They've taken the most severe patients back to Launchstool. I was the only one in Launchstool. <laughs> uh, everybody else was still in Iraq because they were in surgery. They couldn't blow in that little tube, so mm. I was the only one that flew. So." They told me to call my mom, so I called. She's like, where are you at? I'm in Lodgeville. She starts crying because she thinks that wow. they took only the severe worst mm-hmm. one there. And I'm like, no, mom, I'm okay. All my arms and legs, you know, limbs are here. And I had some dude that was next to me that was some teacher out of Seattle that was injured in combat. And uh, he was a reserve. And then that's when freaking... Uh, Dude, so Donald Rumsfeld comes into the room and gives oh, this man. the dude next to me his Purple Heart. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, uh, where's mine? Like, y'all got one for me? Oh, Donnie. Like, hey, Donnie. Yeah. And uh, so they just walk out. and You know, they just look at me and give me the head knob like, hey, what's up? And I'm like, oh, just <laughs> fucked up over here. Wounded, <laughs> uh, don't, don't mind me. Uh, I'm just another soldier. Yeah, oh, no, no big deal. But I'm doped up, and that's when Nightline New comes in right after that. Wow. And they're and they're like, "Hey, so let me ask you questions." And they were serious about the mechanic because he was jacked up. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Doing it's his intestines and everything, and mm. you know, people. <sighs> People in the civilian world, a lot of people ask me how I got injured, and I'll say I got shot because nobody really knows what a mortar round is, right, or a piece of shrapnel, mm-hmm. right? They know, oh, you got shot? Man, that's significant. They don't realize it's a shrapnel's a lot more significant injury than a bullet is because of the jagged edges and what shrapnel can do to a body. And so... You know, nowadays, I just tell people, hey, when they ask, I just say, yeah, I got hit with a piece of shrapnel from a mortar round, right? Mm-hmm. So, and then they start getting in this question. I'm like, oh, no big deal. It's some, you know, 500-pound bomb that blew up, and I just got too close to it, right? <laughs> you know, say something stupid. because there's some Spice it up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. You know, you got to church it up. Right. So another military asked me, I'm just like, yeah, I got hit, man. Just, you know, mortar round landed on top of me. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I'm lucky to say that, hey, I got all, all my arms, legs, limbs, you know, everything that I need in life. And, you know, I may not have the greatest war stories, right? I may not have this badass scar. You know, that people can see, like, some of these people are, you know, got severe scars and stuff like that. And my Purple Heart may not be as severe as some of these other guys' Purple Hearts. Some of these dudes, you know, really were injured. Their lives will never be the same. And my heart goes out to those guys. But Purple Heart are all the same, right? We all got wounded in combat. And, you know, I can say... Hey, for all of us, we know what it's like to go to combat. We know what it's like to shoot each shoot at people and people shoot at you, right? Mm-hmm. 
But then with the people in the Purple Heart, you have in common is you know what it's like to bleed on the battlefield. All right. You know what it's like to like, hey, one more inch or one more, a bigger piece of shrapnel and you could be missing a leg or you could be dead. So I think we all have our different stories and we all have connections. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like when you hear about people say, oh, I was in combat. Where were you at? Oh, I was into crit. What'd you do? Oh, I was a ticket counter at the movie theater. Right. Or I worked a computer desk. Hey, great. I appreciate you hooking me up with that 30 minutes of laptop time, but you didn't serve me. Like, you're not yeah. a combat veteran. Like, I get that you are a combat veteran. You went to a combat zone, but you can't. Your classification of being I was in combat is different from us three being in combat. It All is right? different. It is different, but I'm not going to take away from them. Or no, the people absolutely. who were in the middle of that shit because like uh their like their their deal, you know, their trauma is different. Um, and I'm learning that. I like I'm learning that a lot now. Like my trauma is gonna be different from your trauma. Oh, absolutely. So like maybe what that trauma? whole time while they were in the uh counting tickets, man, they were fearing those mortar attacks because they were always coming in close or some shit like that. Like maybe that well, was their shit. They didn't know, right? It's, right. It's, when it comes down to it, it's like, remember when we were there and we're walking around with no flak vests and no helmets? Yeah. And they're yelling at us when the mortar sirens are coming on and we're just walking around like, exactly like hey, why is everybody running to the bunkers, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, get in the bunker, wear your headgear and flak. And you're laughing because we know exactly what mortar rounds are like. Yeah. Right? We know where they're going to reach and where they're not going to reach. And they just, that's the unknown to them. They never, they only went outside the wire twice. And that was to get into the compound and to exit. And they might have flown out. And that was probably like extreme terror either way. You're absolutely right. So you're, you're, you're right that their experience of trauma is different from my experience of trauma. Mm-hmm. And they can say they're combat veterans, which I agree they're combat veterans. But there's there's a difference between somebody who's got a CIB and somebody who doesn't, right? Who's yeah. got a CAB, right? Or maybe don't even have a CAB. They were just in a combat zone, right? So to me, it's just, you remember when we went to Kosovo? And people were like, oh, you didn't get deployed. You weren't. That's not a deployment. Yeah. Yeah. It's I remember kind that. of almost the same thing, right? You make fun of the people who get deployed to Kuwait or the people who get deployed to Qatar, Qatar. It's still a deployment. They're still away from their families and stuff. And it took me forever to, I, to accept that, right? Mm-hmm. Because I always said my experience was different than their experience, and they don't really know what combat is because they don't have, they didn't bleed. But people don't know what a Purple Heart is. People don't know what Silver Stars or Bronze Stars, right? People don't know what a Valor V device is, right? They truly don't understand what a combat mission is because they only know what the world tells them or what TV tells them. So, 
that's why I'm in that military order of the Purple Heart to spread the word to to get that out there, right? And I'm sure y'all have talked to tons of people when they ask you, you know, hey, oh, this is my brother I served with. We were in combat together. Mm-hmm. Do they really? Do they truly really know what combat is? No, you know, I don't think or they so. just think, oh, they were in the military together. Mm-hmm. I think you know? I think it's it's probably a good good idea that we can't ex- we don't have to explain the full brunt of what actually happened because that's heavy. Like uh, they're yeah. just the yes, we served in combat is like good enough that, so that you you accept that how you want to because right. combat and, in your head is like probably I don't know like fucking Black Hawk Down or some shit. If that's what right. you think combat is, cool. Yeah, right. And that might be in my head, right? Like yeah. black cock down. Yeah, no, I'm not saying you. I'm saying like the person you're talking to, the person who's asking. Well, and and that's the thing, right? Remember, like for me, I served in one combat tour, mm-hmm. right? So some of these guys who went back to Baghdad, they experienced something totally different and a little bit more extreme. Yeah. Right? Now you may ask them which one was more extreme, right? Baghdad or Samar, right? And then people will talk about, like, people will talk about the Marines being in Fallujah, right? How successful Fallujah was. But remember, Samar was a was the stepping stone. It's what they based Fallujah off of, right? Mm-hmm. We had to go through Samar's thing first before Fallujah was set off. So they used our example to hit it. So people tell stories about Fallujah, but nobody tells stories about Samar. It's written in books, but you don't hear about like movies and stuff. So I can't, I can't take, cause there's tons of people out there, man, who've got crazier combat stories than what we got. Right. And maybe our yeah. combat stories are crazier than theirs. All you can say is that, Hey, we're, we, we all went to combat together. If you got a CIB, you got a CIB, mm-hmm. right? And you can share that. If you yeah. got an EIB, you got an EIB, and you can share that. If you got a CAB, a CAB, then great, you can share that. And if you got a Purple Heart, you're you're that you're part of that Purple Heart society, right? Yeah. Just like yeah. the guys who got Silver Stars and Bronze Stars, and then those guys who got Medal of Honor. So they're all you all belong to one big group and then each individual groups along the way I'm glad I made it to the group I made it to because hey man respect to you Purple Heart um, folks who've earned those but hey man that's the one I did not want so (laughs) I'm not like trying to be an asshole or nothing but no, and, that's and just I, that's just know, crazy, man. It. Yeah, nobody wants it for sure. Nobody, nobody wants, wants it. it. But, but I can tell you what, my purple heart is, you know, it's minor compared. Like I look at my purple heart, and I hear stories about the Vietnam guys. Yeah. No. No. Mm. That's that's a different purple heart, right? You should have like different colors of purple or something like that, <laughs> like light purple to dark dark purple and the darkest ones are the worst ones and mine would be like light light purple but it's still a purple <laughs> heart right so right. to me I I skate by right mm-hmm. 
it was it was a minor injury. I probably could have stayed in. I probably could have said, you know what, no big deal. Just just sew me up, sew me up. Mm-hmm. All right, no big deal. Hell, they already cauterized it with no painkillers. Might as well do it right there in Iraq, right? Brown, yeah. give me your threat. We're gonna set it on fire. All right, <laughs> give me gunpowder. We're gonna put to it test. Right, but I don't know, man. It's just one of those things, right? I know, like, Gil's got a purple heart, right? You know, one of the Waller brothers got a purple heart, right? So, Strand's purple heart, right? So, some of the guys that we serve with got purple hearts, but, you know, they're probably a little worse worse than mine, right? So, it is what it is, man. You can't... I don't know if you can compare stories right we all got a story and you just listen to everybody's stories man but you're all part of that brotherhood mm-hmm. yeah <clears throat> it's just the, i don't hate to even compare it to this but i mean if you're looking at in a sense of saying that it don't matter you know how significant it was or how insignificant it was you're still a part of that group you're still a part of that um I guess that particular, um, well, just group. But the thing is, is that if you, it's, it's no different. I mean, it is different. I, like I said, I don't like to compare it to this. But if a person goes and gets their EIB, their expert infantryman badge, like we all did, <clears throat> there's some that's probably went through, um, there's some that's probably went through true blue. Mm-hmm. There's some that may have put that, uh, Put that two four nine back together. What'd you say? Somebody muted you. Something happened. <laughs> no, what I'm saying is that somebody may have uh, put the two four nine back together a little sloppier than the other. But hey, but everybody still got you. Still got that EIB. Wait, wait, wait. Like the other uh, person did. You said something about two four nine. Uh, hey, Kevin, yeah, what do you know about two four nine? Look you there. Look at this guy. Hey, Jay in the house. Hey, hey. What's up, Bill? How's it going? What's going on, brother? He's off doing army stuff, folks, and uh, <laughs> I figured it would be a good idea to have him uh, hop in for one one of these little things one time. Yes. Good to yeah, see I'm you, headed, headed back up to uh, Missouri right now. Look at that head. Whoa, boy. You should Lost in the woods, Missouri. This should be a law. It says Kevin should have to wear it at all times. Dude, Brown, he loved your ball head so much, he decided to do it. Hey, man, it's sexy. Hey, first of all, suck my balls. Second of all, <laughs> don't, hey, don't hey. fucking hate. Don't fucking hate. King, you ain't pretty. Fucking Tyree, you're brown as fuck. Bald as fuck, too. Hey, that's <laughs> my, that's my choice. That's my choice. That's fucked up, man. This shit's by, like, <laughs> fucking... KJ, man, you sound a little hoarse. Who you been yelling at over there? Some trainees. We're uh, <laughs> we're in we're in red phase. We've only had them for uh, three weeks, Ooh. and um, so there's been a lot of talking, a lot of uh, lot of yelling, a lot of knife handing, a lot of <laughs> reteaching certain things. But mm. it's been busy. It's been good. It's been good, but it's been busy. Yeah, I was going to ask an how, uh, bunch. how are they? Uh absorbing the knowledge well so you know going back to last season when we talked to 
Absher, Sergeant Major Absher, about um, the soldiers that he's getting nowadays. Like he said, one of the you know, one of the things he said is that they're smarter. That they're a lot smarter than than uh, when we came in, and that's true. Uh, I have a very intelligent group. Um, uh, ranging, I have the uh, youngest is seventeen. The oldest will be fifteen next month. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, obviously, he's bringing the average up way high. But most most of my trainees are. 17, 18, 19, up to like 20, 23 around there. And they are a lot more intelligent. Um, so they are retaining information. You give classes and stuff, they, they definitely uh, retain the information. Um, but on a more physical level, we're definitely seeing a lot more uh, injury. Um, and that's wow. uh, that's kind of, you know, that's, that's not something we want, obviously. We want to be able to mitigate injury by... Um, you know, taking care of them, proper PT, proper form, and doing PT stuff like that. But always, oh, there's only so much that we can do. Um, we can only instruct. I can't run for them, or I can't deadlift for them. But, but yeah, uh, uh, definitely an interesting group. Um, excited to be a part of it for sure. Yeah, especially after having done the job for so fucking long. Yeah, and you've only just begun with this group, so they still got a ways to yeah. go to stop getting all injured from everything. Yeah, see, right. I thought. Um, see, I thought when when No Sound asked that question, it was going to the response was going to be more like, "Well, after the fifth or sixth, fifth or sixth slap, they finally get it. They retain it very well." Hmm. So, <laughs> no, no, uh, minimal corrective training. Uh, I try to keep it as minimal as possible um, because. At a certain point, you know, you can only make somebody do so much exercise before they just start tuning you out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and you, then you have to be creative with, with, with what else you do to try and, and train them but, or to get the point across. But, uh, you know, they're, at, they're starting week – actually, I guess they're starting week four. And so the structure of basic combat training is different now than when we all went through. Um, now they have a yellow phase where they do all of their um, – all the admin stuff, classes, and things like that. Mm-hmm. And then they go into red phase uh, where they start doing the actual training where they go to uh, basic uh, team tactics and obstacle courses, the gas chamber, and they start rifle marksmanship, uh, first time in the field. So uh, around now is where you would expect their army light bulbs to start coming on and, um, and them getting online. So, I mean, like, they've, they've made a ton of improvements Um as far as like, I mean, it's, it's a young group and they're very antsy. They're very squirrely. They had to move around and chatter a little bit. So they made uh, yeah. some pretty great improvements in that area. Um, so we'll see how it all comes together when we actually go out to the field this next week and, uh, and start running through some actual army training. Good stuff. Cool shit. Well, we'll say uh, on that gas chamber, we did, we went to the gas chamber last week and um, I have one trainee who is immune. I've never encountered that in my life. One trainee that's immune to the uh, gas chamber. He just stood there like it was nothing. Wow. What is that? How does that happen? more gas at him. (laughs) (laughs) There's some sarin gas. You're immune to that. He's got to take the back of his neck and just hold his face right over it until he starts either choking or... No, we... uh, (laughs) We... um, he was one of the last groups to go through. So when you're one of the first groups to go through, you get the first dose. And then every two groups that go through, they open another capsule. They burn off another capsule. So by the time 
you're in that last group or the last couple of groups, like Ooh. the amount of the amount of gas in there is a lot. It's yes. thicker, it's mm. uh, more potent. You got more going on. And he was one of the last groups to go through. I think he actually might have been the last group to go through. And he just when that you know they they had to break the seal on their mask, put it back on, and reseal it. And then after they do that, they have to take the mask off, and then they all have to stand there and breathe. He took the mask off and held it up, and like everybody else in line was in like like choking and coughing and panic mode. And this guy's just standing there, just like nothing's going on. He wow. came out of the chamber, and I was like, I called his name, and I was like, "Come over here." Was you not feel anything? And he said, "I mean, maybe a little bit of burning, like around here." I'm like, "No, wow. no, you wow. either feel it or you don't." That's yeah. insane, man. Is it? Is he like a? I want to see this dude. Is it like a? Is he like a mythical? Size He's a robot. <laughs> is he a midget? What's his no, deal? No, not a midget. Um, I do call him a robot because of how he how he how he marches. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is very very robotic in his movement. Um, but it looks it looks sharp when he when he when he marches. Like he's in step. His arms are six in the front and nine you know, nine in the rear. Mm-hmm. Um, like he's very solid. He doesn't like bounce around or any, yeah. any of that stuff. So I was asking, actually I was asking him. Oh, Friday or Saturday, I can't remember. Um, days all run together. But I was asking him, like, like let me like, – you've never seen your inner circuitry, have you? He's like, no, drill sergeant. <laughs> like, but you've never seen your guts either. Like, no, drill sergeant. So you don't really know that you're not a robot. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, Just I, I, guess, I guess so, drill sergeant. I guess I don't know that I'm not Thank a robot. Thank you, the platoon leader. <laughs> huh? Yeah. Platoon leader right there. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, you, uh, get, you got you a freaking Rambo on your hands, bro. Well, yeah. you, you know, if you look at him, he's not like your typical. Like you wouldn't think that he's, uh, you know, a soldier or whatever. He doesn't mm-hmm. look like your typical typical guy. He's really really scrawny, kind of a beanpole. Mm-hmm. Um, Captain America, but he's got the right stuff. It's Steve Rogers before he yeah. came. He's got that right, exactly. Whatever they say that the people that have. dude will win any competition, then go out and whoop ass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because he's got the pizzazz. Yeah, we'll nah, I can already tell KJ going to put him to the test. I can already hear it in KJ's <laughs> voice. He's just going put him to the test. <laughs> I'm going to see what he's made of for sure. Yeah, well, we got, like I said, I've got some pretty solid guys. Like we, uh, my platoon, we have the uh, the highest male and female uh, PT scores, um, and which their scores are actually like super impressive considering they're in training. Like they, uh, the male, I told him that if he, you know, if he made a few minor adjustments, uh, knocked off some seconds on the back here and added a couple more push-ups, he would have like a 578 out of 600, which is like for active duty soldiers, that's next to unheard of. There's so few 600s in the Army on the, on the Army Combat Fitness Test. There are so few perfect scores that they actually track how many perfect scores there are. Oh, I think the okay. Score. Uh, you know, uh, I, I saw a... Um... Um, uh, it was a news story about somebody who did a perfect, who got a perfect score, and I'm like, who the fuck? Why is that such a big fucking deal? I know tons of people who get 300s, but I forget it's a different yeah. test now. So I guess that's yeah. that's crazy. Wow. Yeah, I'd have yeah. So it's a it's, it's a three three rep max deadlift. Uh oh, going through a bad spot. Headed to Missouri, dude. Uh, and, and my- <laughs> Yeah, I'll probably lose signal pretty soon. Okay, so before it gets too bad, we're going to let you go. Thanks for stopping on. Later, man. Be careful, brother. Be careful driving, bro.
It was great having you on, but get the fuck out of here with that bad audio. There you go. Oh me! All right, so, JJ, what a cool cat, man! It was nice hey, to have man, one. Speaking of speaking of that two four nine, y'all see my new toy? Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. I, was that serious? Hell yeah! No, how? I went out and bought it, dude. It comes with the ACOG, the four by thirty two. Came with an extra barrel. But how? Rods, how? Two hundred round drums. What kind of clearance you got, bro? What do you mean? <laughs> so okay. It's, so clearly, you you can't right. run like chain length freaking ammo. Yeah, you can if you really? had it, right? Yeah, I do have chain link ammo. Okay, so how is this legal for you? <laughs> not, it's not a semi. It's not a fully auto. Oh, okay, okay, all right. It's I guess so. One round at a time. Now, when I change that binary trigger mechanism, oh. it goes to a different. So when Getting I do the binary. The binary trigger, when you squeeze it, one round goes off, and then when you let off, another round goes off. Oh man! So technically, wait, wait, should we have... should we mute this out? Uh, huh? yeah. <laughs> should, should we mute this out? I don't want the the uh, the uh, NSA or whoever. FBI. Well, they approved it, and I bought it, and I took it home. There you go. So that's wild as hell, man. I would yeah, never expect that. Uh, I thought I, I totally when I that shit with my dad, and he was like, "This is badass." He goes, how much should you spend? And I told him, he's like, you're a dumbass. <laughs> so I got to buy, buy a used car for that. Yeah, he goes, 13 grand. I would have spent that shit. Whoa. Yeah. What'd you just say? Yeah. It was yeah. Well, I figured it was something like that. $9. Yeah, I figured. Hey, man, if you got it. And when I saw the picture you holding it, I'm like, oh, a, you know, they have places in Vegas where you can go and hold uh, shoot off machine guns. Not for Jason King. He's buying them shits. <laughs> He's buying them with s with accessories. That's right. I so, bought one, and my buddy bought one. That's that's dope, man. That's cool as hell. Sitting there like we're sitting there like you know what? All of our friends are talking about all this. Man, I got this seven thousand dollar, you know, thermal. I got this badass three thousand dollar rifle, custom made. And I was like, dude, we can just tell them. We got fucking saws. Yeah. <laughs> I will tell me a Mark 19 and we'll be good to go. Oh, goodness. <clears throat> I want one. Yeah. Load it up. Yeah. Go tell your wife. See if she'll let you <laughs> that kind of money. See what she says. I doubt it'll happen, man. So, hey, this has been a great show. Uh, we are at the time where I think we're, it's a good time to end this one, yeah? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's a perfect it's a time. time. Yeah, because I still got to edit this thing up and uh, get everything going so we can hear it in the morning because uh, that's when we put our shows out. Uh, that's right. Go ahead and say your goodbyes, folks. Thanks for coming on, Mister Stamper. That was cool. You didn't have to. We barely missed me. I'm a little annoyed about that. We'll get him next time. He's coming back down in a few weeks. I think you said. I think it should be a, like an exclusive. Uh, <laughs> Weeks, yeah, <laughs> God, God, what'd you eat that? Fuck, yeah, I think it's the breakfast, man. Well, there the it breakfast. is, that's what it was. Good friends, oh, good Sabrina's food. lasagna, she made Too some lasagna, a damn pancakes. <laughs> yeah, she All made right. some lasagna yesterday. Maybe it was the lasagna she made, Sabrina made. It was outstanding. All right, you're gonna have to bag some of that up. 
All right, Mr. Jason King, say your goodbyes and all that. This is King Dingling. Giddy up. <laughs> Giddy up. And uh, this is uh, Tyree. Thanks for stopping and listening to Before I Forget. Please like, listen, share, and subscribe and share it so people can hear this awesome show that we have here. Uh, we talked about how great it is to you know stay connected with those friends even though it's been a little bit of time it's still a good idea to try to connect with those folks and on that note i don't have anything else to say thanks for listening to before i forget <laughs>